From 104.5, The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now, Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in Squared Circle Radio on the air here on 104.5 The Zone along with David Reed. I guess I could call him the chairman of the board. That's not really my thing. I'm Jason Martin. Brandon Hagany, off this week out of town. He might be part of our live tweet event tonight of Extreme Rules. I say our live tweet event. I'm hosting Outkick the Coverage Monday through Friday this week on Fox Sports Radio. It's possible this show's not going to keep me awake. I'm going to need to be in bed. But Jason, it's extreme rules. It's going to be extreme. Right. Extreme is the PG era gets, right? I don't know if you're selling me on it or not. So there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. There is good news and there is bad news. And I don't know, usually when you ask this question, first off, I have to ask another question. I don't know if you saw the poll that I put on Twitter last night. 600 votes-ish somewhere right now. Yeah. Where do the best peaches emanate? Georgia or South Carolina? I don't know if I've ever been aware I was having a South Carolina peach, but I will say the best peaches I ever remember eating we're in North Carolina, mm-hmm. so they probably came from South Carolina. Mm, okay. So if I had to, if I had to, if you're forcing me into the, to the booth to make a decision, I'm probably going to say South Carolina. Okay. Because I've had Georgia peaches, That's, I know for sure. Yeah. But the ones I had in North Carolina, I know for sure were better. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming they were imported from the South. Uh, one person say Alabama, one say Utah. Alabama? Yeah, someplace in Utah. Utah. Some county. The one in Utah is the one that really threw me. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you got those off a truck from another state. But yeah. maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. Who knows? Never, never knew the, the Mormons were big peach people. Yeah. So, good news or bad news? I can't ask the audience, so I'll ask you. That's right. Just sip that doctor, that diet, Dr. Pepper, and, and roll. Cafe, man. It's been a while since I did this. Cafe Misto, right here. So, good news or bad news? Take your uh, We're going to get to both. It's Sunday morning. Good news first. All right, let's talk about SmackDown. Yes. So, interestingly enough, Paul Heyman's in control of Raw. Well, they're kind of good. That's sort of more going to happen starting tomorrow. But at SmackDown, sitting in Gorilla with Vince McMahon was one Paul Heyman. So Heyman actually had some input. Bischoff does not start until Tuesday. Yeah. He's moved to Stanford now. Whatever it is that he's going to do, which is, I think be a figurehead as Vince continues to do what Vince does, but create a smokescreen behind himself. Heyman was there. And so there were a lot of things that I liked on the show. There were a couple of things I did not love on the show, but generally I was pretty happy with the vast majority of that two-hour wrestling program. I was entertained by it, and I have been calling for this for a long time. I know you have. I know Brandon has has agreed with us as well. 
Kevin Owens as a babyface is something that can work. Kevin Owens as a babyface is something that can draw money. Kevin Owens as a babyface fits. I know he's a good heel. He's a great heel. He's also a really good babyface because you kind of want to root for him because you see his Twitter and you see how he talks about his wife and his kids and his dogs. And he's just kind of, you just get the feeling that people like working with him, like being around him. And so watching him go full on Stone Cold Steve Austin Tuesday night in what I assume is going to be a SummerSlam match with Shane McMahon. Yeah. I'm all for this. Like, you can go ahead and sign me up for this. Kevin Owens is my favorite guy in the company and has been for quite some time. Uh, one of the best tweets of the week was when he sent out, uh, surprise, surprise, that Shane McMahon was going to be on a pay-per-view this Sunday. And then he had uh, pictures of all the wrestlers who would not be on the pay-per-view this Sunday, yeah. including himself wearing pink Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. Like, how can you not root for a guy who does that? Is that the one where he's not? Smiling, um, yes. We're just wearing the black T-shirt and just yes. kind of, yeah, yeah. I love that photo. Yeah, it's a great, great but photo. Had I not, had I not known that, um, we were already under the Eric Bischoff SmackDown era again, we're I would, I would have thought that we were just from the way that show began because it was so reminiscent of so many nitros that began with someone pulling in from the parking lot. Or someone backstage. That's true. Action. That Dolph Ziggler segment outside. I yes. forgot about that actually. Yes. And uh, no, I thought I, this was the first SmackDown that I've watched from opening to close in a long, long time. And yes, it does help because it was two hours, but there was nothing that dragged in that show. Even the Triple Threat Tag Team Summit was entertaining. It the, was the match was entertaining. Uh, I I kind of hate that you gave me Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura for free on television and had your champion lose. You had a clean finish a in clean that joint. Finish Just in took, that match. Took that knee. Boom. Done. I mean, you're you're building Nakamura again with that. I hope, but you're doing it at the expense once again of your champion on television. Uh, I hope that's not the last time we see see those two in the so. ring together. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. The worst thing on that show was Chris Lee knows best commercials. Which I watched it on Hulu, Which so I, I missed. I yeah, darted. So I dodged that bullet. Even on DVR, I got too much Chrisley on my television screen. Right. So, interestingly enough, I can't remember who it was that made this point. But there are three examples of this now happening in WWE in a pretty short span. I think Sasha Banks may well show up tonight. If she doesn't, she probably shows up t tomorrow or Tuesday. I'm not sure what the role is, but I could easily see us... Staring down Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, potentially, because everybody will assume she's coming back for Bailey. Yeah. I would go the opposite direction and bring her out and give Becky somebody worth working. Yes. Yeah. That's a great idea. So it's going to be the complete opposite. Yeah, she's no, coming back right. after Bailey for the 500th time. Absolutely. Yeah. So Sasha got mad, went home, right? What happened? WWE immediately put a title on Bailey and started doing something with her. Luke Harper was discontented, wanted out. What happened immediately after he left? Eric Rowan's a tag team champion mm -hmm. with Daniel Bryan. And now there is a third example of Rusev is unhappy, and he's taken personal time. We haven't seen Nakamura on TV in, I don't know, six to eight weeks probably at oh, least. Wow. It's been a minute. Shows up and beats Finn Balor clean within weeks of this Rusev mm -hmm. story hitting. That can't be a coincidence. No. And I, I'm, 
Which is sad because those are things you should have been doing anyway. Right. And does it pay off? Do these moves pay off for the people? I mean, Luke Harper's not going to return. I'll stop at the Rowan thing. Let me back up real quick. Oh, yeah. Even though, you know what? He's doing a good job in this role. Right. This, this to me, this is thing's perf- working just fine. This is the perfect role for him. Yeah. This is, this is the Bray Wyatt family role for him. So it's working fine. Does it pay off in the long run for Sasha Banks? And does it pay off in the long run for Rusev? Well, I, mean, I think Rusev's going to be in AEW as fast as he possibly can get there. Yeah. And I think he could go to Japan and kill it, too. But does that also, I mean, and then you still have, what do you do with Lana at that point? Does That's a good question. Does she then go home, or does she then become a lot more prevalent on my television screen? I don't know that we've spent enough time talking about what a bad actor Dolph Ziggler is. Yes. How bad he is at talking. Even at the beginning of that show, in that segment that you referenced, he can't speak without it sounding fake. Yeah. He's overemphasizing every word so that you hear it. Like, like why? why? How have you not realized? It's bad high school drama teaching. It's what exactly it what it is. It's community theater. Mm-hmm. It's like you've got to order tater tots and a Coke, two drink minimum, two yeah. item minimum, <laughs> to go see this, I don't know, terrible version of Peter Pan. Like, it's, it's truly bad. Not to be outdone, Lacey Evans trying to read dialogue. Lacey Evans has personality, and she's got a good, unique character. And she she reads it so wooden, and she's got negative chemistry with Baron Corbin, who also cannot read scripted dialogue in the back. Yeah, she she when she's left on her own is is a good promo, but when she's backstage and and these recorded things, it's bad. It's terrible. It's, It's terrible, and this whole main event to me is terrible. It's bad. Well, we're going to talk about that mixed tag. We're going to get to the bad news. But Kevin Owens, that's an A+. Plus. Oh, absolutely. Kofi Kingston's Samoa Joe is also an A. Yep. That's good stuff. I, but I, I think you missed this week where we discussed how they need to be real careful in not letting Samoa Joe become Bray Wyatt. In that Bray Wyatt would show up and attack a fairly big star mm-hmm. and then start an angle with that guy and then lose. Yeah. And then lose. And then lose. How many times has Joe choked somebody out only to get beat and then just recede back? He needs to be dangerous. He really needs to be the heavyweight champion. So this is a win-win. If he were to beat Kofi, Joe as champion is not something I'm going to be upset by. However, Kofi's title reign is not something I really want to see come to an end either. I think it's worked out 10 times better in terms of it going longer than I thought it was going to. And I think it's because they protected him and not let him get beat in random matches on TV. He actually feels credible. Yeah, I thought this far in, I would have already been tired of it. I'm I'm, not. I'm not tired of it. Everything that he's done has been entertaining to me uh, with the title. And and like you said, they've protected him in a way where he doesn't look weak as the heavyweight champion. Right. And I kind of, I want to see Joe with that title really, really bad. But I don't know if I want to see it at Kofi's expense. I'd rather see him. I'd rather see him beat Rollins than beat Kofi. If yeah. you were going to do that, yeah, I just don't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to see it in because I'm still kind of holding out hope that one day we're going to see the end of the new day, and that's going to come at the expense of Kofi Kingston be Big e. and Big E wanting his chance in the spotlight. I don't know if we'll see it. That's the one thing that I think could work if you do it that way. But I'm thoroughly impressed. One, I'm impressed with WWE for not burying Kofi or putting him in situations right. where he's 50-50 booked and all of this. But generally, just let he won like 48 matches in a row after winning that title. Like, they were just like, fine, 
you go ahead and win matches. Like they're getting everything else wrong on all of these shows, but Kofi Kingston, they've somehow gotten right, which I don't know how he slipped through the eye of the needle, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that he did. Extreme Rules main event tonight is a mixed tag match. The match and segment that opened Raw on Monday night, it made me not just embarrassed to be a wrestling fan, it made me embarrassed for them that they could do this. This was, I don't even have the words. I'm going to try and get that during the break. We'll be right back. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Squared Circle Radio. Now, that's the old intro. But that is where we would come in. It is Squared Circle Radio, though. 104.5 is on David Reed with me, Jason Martin, Brandon Hagney. Completes the triumvirate. He'll be back next week. David's at David Reed Radio. I'm at Jmart Zone. We're at Zone Wrestling. How do you feel about Becky Lynch right now? I'm sort of like the Seth things making me like her less by the week because watching them try to have chemistry when they, I mean, they're actually dating. They're in a relationship. But I would never know it to watch them together on TV. No, because there's one thing of having having chemistry with someone in a relationship when you're not in front of a camera and then trying to have some sort of chemistry inside a wrestling ring when you're on television for three hours a week. Yeah, well, even them trying to talk because is it's just bad. Because it's being scripted. I know. It's just, why, why don't you say, hey, this is the idea we have tonight. Go think about this for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and come back with us, come back to us with something. Well, that's the same thing you should do with matches. Be like, hey, here's the finish. Alistair Black, you're over. Yeah, what you got? Eight minutes. Put it together. Yeah. And then go let those two guys, whoever it is, their job, the reason that you hired them, should have been because they're good storytellers in the wrestling ring. Right. And guess what? The majority of these people have not been entrenched in WWE for their entire careers. So they've done this before. Right. You've taken them and picked them and plucked them from indies yes. and put them in NXT and tried to train them out of good habits. You've, you've, they, they've got, shown up at a National Guard armory somewhere. And I want to go been up. told what the finish was. Yeah. And one, went out and had a match with someone. I did it. I had a whiteboard. It's I would bring up, I'd bring up a tag team and another tag team. Be like, hey, you guys got nine minutes. Uh, you guys are over. Don't want it to be clean. DQ, or maybe I'd even tell them, like, DQ, um, chair sh- or belt shot from behind, ref sees it, stops the match. Outside of that, you guys go out there and have fun. Like, mm-hmm. because I trust them. If right. not, why am I putting them out in front of a crowd? That's what, what do we constantly say anytime uh, we go to a house show, which, by the way, there's one coming up here very soon. Yep. House shows are so much more fun than what we see on television. That's right, because they're able to just go out there and wrestle. Yes, they go out there and wrestle, and they put it together themselves, and they have fun doing it. Yep. So I have to bury this segment. Then we can talk more about SmackDown, because I do want to talk about Cesaro and Aleister Black and some of the other things that we saw. But this first segment on Monday killed brain cells in me unlike anything I've seen since Vince Russo was booking WCW at the very end. They did a mixed tag match on Monday. They also did one last week with Maria and Mike Kanellis, which is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. And that storyline's got to go. It's an, it is humiliating. It's awful. And it seems like it's built around the fact that they're mad that she got pregnant by her actual husband 
And so they're going to make him look terrible on TV. So nobody wants to see him. No one wants to see her to punish them for continuing to start a family because Vince doesn't care about anything but the company. Haven't they also asked for their release? Yeah, and then they've resigned. They signed him a five-year deal with high money, and now they're burying him on TV. Some, yeah. Why would you sign somebody to then not do anything with them? That's just burning money. I, so, I, so, I, what, I, do you want to keep AEW from getting them? They're not going to move the needle. It's not like they're some giant superstars. No, because half of us have forgotten they were actually exactly. even employed. Exactly. But this first segment, they did a mixed tag on Monday where it was Becky and Seth against, oh, gosh. Oh, it was uh, Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. This was, and they're doing this stupid thing where they can't wrestle during commercial breaks anymore. Vince has decided he needs it to be like sports because during, in sports, action isn't happening during the breaks. Yeah, that's right, Vince. But there is, in college basketball, the under 16, the under 12, the under 8, the under 4, <laughs> and specific timeouts that are scheduled there. You could still do a long segment, then a short segment, then another long match, then all of these things. And this is killing the live crowds, by the way. If you go see a TV right now, literally there's nothing during the commercial breaks but, like, random people coming out and talking and cutting promos about how they hate the town and stuff like that or videos. They just turn them down, and they'll reset matches and then come back and do it again. That's why you've seen a three-minute finish. They come to the break. Oh, we got to reset because his foot was under the ropes, and they started again because Vince has decided you can't wrestle during breaks. But SmackDown still goes pitcher and pitcher. Right. Raw doesn't have that ability for whatever reason <laughs> and they only do it some of the time but so they do this mixed tag it's a mixed tag elimination style match but the men can only wrestle the men and the women can only wrestle the women so when becky pins Zelina vega they both were eliminated yes but then becky went to the apron stood there with the tag rope where she could not legally tag in and watched the rest of the match as if she was part of it as a tag team partner. Yep. You can't have a mixed tag elimination match where only two people can face one another. That's two singles matches. Why not just do two singles matches? I know there's a mixed tag on the pay-per-view. That doesn't mean, apparently Eric Rowan's at Wimbledon right now. I just saw him on the screen. Some British official looks exactly like got, Eric Rowan. Saw, I've seen this guy all week long, yes. That's the first time I've seen him. <laughs> Good gracious. That's just like two. He took me off. He's not the typical official you would you'd expect to see at Wimbledon. I mean, it's already dumb enough that we're getting a mixed tag where both titles are on the line no matter what happens tonight. Yeah. All that ensures to me is, oh, well, we know the finish of this. Yeah. We know they're not putting Lacey and Baron Corbin open for the championships with SummerSlam being the next pay-per-view. That's not happening. I don't know what will happen, but that elimination tag went against every bit of just common instructional logic, not even to pro wrestling, to anything. That's like a rule. That's like telling me two plus two equals five. And just saying, you'll take it. You will, you will eat whatever I feed you because I am the mighty Vince McMahon and you people are dullards, and you're not going to be able to think through the fact that none of this actually washes. Yeah. That's bad. It's real, 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 real bad. And it's your main event tonight. It is your main event tonight. And I've I've had people all week long telling me how great Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard was. 
main event of TNA Slammiversary last week. I don't care because I don't care to see a man Me wrestle either. a woman. Me either. I'm sure it was good. Tessa's really talented. Sammy Callahan's really talented. I don't. I can't watch a man fight a woman. I just can't do it. Like, I get that it is fake, and I get that we're not supposed to believe it's real anymore. But truthfully, once they stop trying to make me think it's real, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. The reason it's an art form is, and I had this argument actually with Madison Blevins a couple of days ago because she was asking, we were at a remote down at the Music City Center for the coach forum, and she was asking me you know, what it is about pro wrestling. I said, it's art. She's like, it's not art. I'm like, yeah, it is. But it's so fake, right? So is Game of Thrones. So is everything else. Right. The whole point of pro wrestling that makes it art is it's two people or sometimes four or however many people are in there combining to tell a story that makes sense within the confines of the athletics that are going on. The only thing that's truly scripted or should be, as we discussed already, is who is winning in the end because that's how we build our stories. But we trust our storytellers to go in there and make magic and do all these kinds of things. We can't do that in WWE, the way that they have all of this stuff situated. But there are just basic rules that have to be followed in life. I need my subject to be before my predicate in a sentence. I need two plus two to equal four. I need to just understand that when the, that the sun is the thing that comes up in the morning and it's the moon that comes up at night. And Vince McMahon is just like, nope, it's the moon and there is no sun. Yeah. And he just expects you to go along with this stuff. So, I mean, Raw was a travesty basically from top to bottom. I mean, even, I mean, I do like the AJ turn. AJ, Anderson, and Gallows, I like that. Anderson and Gallows have decided to re-sign. I thought for sure they were going to AEW. I, I mean, that would have been the most sure bet. But they've signed back on, and so now they're doing something with them, at least for, for right now. I wish they would just let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool. The other problem is we see that AJ's being manipulated by them into this turn. Ricochet said this about you when he didn't, and we saw it. But we are always smarter than the people on screen at all times. How is it that you can get behind baby faces that are so stupid and naive? And then even scenarios where this crap with the masked guy at the end of Raw to be Roman Reigns' tag partner, where Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre we're looking for someone to go be Roman's tag partner. So they could pick anybody. So they found a janitor. They found a black janitor that was over six feet tall. And then the guy that came out to the ring was a black janitor that was not six feet tall. <laughs> and then started moving a whole lot like Cedric Alexander within like a minute. And guess what? That was Cedric Alexander. So just knowing what I've told you, what should happen in that match? If they've like tried to stack the deck against Roman Reigns, so they mm-hmm. go and they are trying to find somebody. First off, I don't like going to the back and finding somebody that's not a wrestler and then letting them in the ring. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that, but I understand what they're trying to do here. First off, it's a mistake to book this match because Roman's already got a tag partner in The Undertaker. Yes. So if you go find him somebody and they beat him, then why does The Undertaker need to exist? Furthermore, why is The Undertaker not there to back up Roman Reigns in the first place? But, again... They go find this guy, and it turns out he's Cedric Alexander, and you find that after the match when he unmasks. So what do you think the finish of this match should have been if this were Dusty Rhodes booking it, for example, or just anybody 
with a functioning brain. I mean, it should have been them going under the heels. Yes, which is which makes no sense because they're in a tag match tonight, right? And they shouldn't be going under. But yes, and Cedric should get the pin. Yes, right. Cedric got pinned. They brought him out under a hood. He hit spots. He got pinned by Shane, I believe. And then they unmasked him, and he's just laughing and hugging Roman Reigns after getting beat. Isn't that a burial? Like, you have this spot that's built historically in pro wrestling to be there for the babyface, underdog guy, surprise, to just catch Shane McMahon off guard and roll him up or do something like that where it doesn't harm Shane. But instead, they just beat this dude clean. Like, what did that do with do for Cedric Alexander other than put him in a main event spot? I mean, I guess that's better than 205 Live. I, I guess it is. But the first thing I thought of is, why didn't you use this as an opportunity for Cedric? Right. Like, Cedric's somebody I'd watch. Mm-hmm. Cedric's somebody we've wanted to see. He's one of the most talented guys to come out of the Carolinas in many years. But you said at the start, when he walked to the ring, he was not the janitor who was over six feet tall. He no. was the guy who was under six feet tall. Yeah, Vince McMahon so like, needed the janitor to be right. over six feet tall. That's, that's why. That's point. like on SmackDown, the guy cutting the best promos right now is Mustafa Ali. Yeah, those are interesting. And he's not getting the push that I think he should be getting. Well, we'll see when he gets back on TV. Also, where is Bray Wyatt? Maybe that's a question we'll address coming <laughs> yeah. back as well. Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Roman Reigns tonight teams up with The Undertaker. Against Shane O'Mac and Drew Mac. I was going to say Drew O'Mac. That would not have worked. <laughs> no. <laughs> would not have worked. That's David Reed. Go falling in the background. I'm Jason Martin. He's at David Reed Radio. I'm at J Mart Zone. We're at Zone Wrestling. Looks like it, it could change, but what seems to be on the docket for SummerSlam is Undertaker versus Drew McIntyre in a one on one match. Um, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. I think it's one that Drew should win if you're really trying to elevate him, but I don't know that it should be at the Undertaker's expense either because I kind of think the Undertaker needs to be done and he just needs to win his last match and go away. I just don't know that here in 2019, what should make a man's career is a victory over the Undertaker. I mean, I don't know that it would, but... But that seems to be the bar that someone in that company is still using. Yeah, that's a Vince McMahon thing right there too. That's very clear. So... He had the perfect ending. The perfect ending to a career. You mean the one I saw live? Yes. When he lost to Roman Reigns and left all his stuff in the yes. ring. Yeah, he was done. Perfect. He was done. It was, it, was, it, was, it was the end. No need to see him again. Nah. We've we seen him again, though. Would love to see Mark Calloway all the time. Yes. Perfectly fine with that. Yes. Never needed to see The Undertaker again. Nah. Totally agree. How are you smoking mirrors, mirroring that match? <laughs> yeah. I... Well, the tag tonight is going to be whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be particularly good, but I'm sure they will smoke and mirror it, and it'll probably be fairly entertaining. Shane does work hard. He doesn't work well, but he works hard. He gives it his all, and he'll do whatever he has to do to get that match over. And I imagine since Kevin Owens isn't on the card, Owens will be a part of that too. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I like the... Stone the arrive, raise hell, leave Kevin Owens. Right. I'm a big fan. Yeah. 
Also, what do you think of Cesaro? Well, first off, Cesaro and Aleister Black is going to be a slobber knocker. Like, I'm looking forward to watching that match, mm-hmm. but what do you think about him being the guy that knocked on the door? If it's going to get more Cesaro on the television in an elevated role, I'm all for it. Uh, but I don't, I didn't think whoever knocked this should be just a one off between the two. Like, I needed there to be some, I wanted there to be some history between Aleister Black and whoever he was going to face. Yeah, but I mean, there, he hasn't. I mean, main roster history. They're not going to tell whatever NXT history is there. See, but that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, we did that with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah, that's true. They showed that video, and I don't know who the history even is, unless it's like Velveteen Dream knocking on yeah, there. I, I mean, that's a good question too. Uh, Alistair Black did, wasn't down there too awful long. I think that you start Alistair Black against somebody where the matches are going to be good, where you, all right, that's a tough guy in Cesaro. It's never an easy match. He's won, he's held the tag championships a lot over the last couple of years. It's a match that can springboard him. I would say that's what you're going to use Cesaro for here. This is not Aleister Black putting Cesaro over. This will be the other way around. And then does somebody else just knock on the door to go to SummerSlam or do they do it again? They'll probably do it again on TV and I'll be fine to watch that match again. But, I mean, I think that you're right in that he needs a high-profile opponent. I don't know that Cesaro in 2019 is a high-profile opponent. I know it's a match that I want to see, just like AJ and Ricochet without a commercial break in the middle of it. Yeah. Tonight is a match that I absolutely want to see. So, so I mean, Cesaro's not going to go over because no. of the way they've built Atlas. Unless Sheamus is coming back tonight and we don't know it. I well, I don't know. I don't know why Sheamus isn't on television right now. What? Why, how is he hurt? Because all I'm seeing are Instagram videos yeah, where he's of him, ripped, where he is in the best shape that he could possibly. That's what happens ever when you be. go away. You go away and you turn into Gronk. Tell me that. Tell me that dude looks hurt. Go to Instagram. Tell me that guy looks hurt. But Alistair Black gets the win, and someone else is knocking on the door, and that's where we see Bray Wyatt. See, that's who I said from the start made the most sense. Is to pair these two really kind of dark, weird. I don't know who writes that story effectively. But that was that was the only thing that made sense because he had a door on his Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. And now all you're seeing of Bray Wyatt is, I guess the pig was in a ricochet promo on Monday night in the background, and they've had another puppet behind other scenes over the past few weeks. I haven't even noticed them. I've just read that they're there. I don't know if they've just punted on it and he's going to be part of SummerSlam build, and they just decided they weren't exactly sure, and then they made the decisions with Heyman and Bischoff. That's one where... Bray's been the one writing most of those things or all of that stuff. Just let him write it. Yeah. But come up with something for him to do because my question from the get-go has been, what does this look like when it gets to a wrestling match? And right now, I don't think they have the answer to that question. I don't think anyone has the answer to that question. I don't have the answer to that question unless it's Aleister Black in some former capacity. Right. But again, that'll be a really good match. AJ and Ricochet will be a really good match. Kofi and Joe ought to be a really good match. That's three bouts I want to see. And I'm not against the SmackDown tag title match either. I think Heavy Machinery is pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan and Rowan are doing really good work. Big E and Xavier are Big E and Xavier. Like, you're not going to get anything bad out of them. Like, that'll be a good match. Yeah. Just like Stomping Grounds didn't do well, but it turned out to be a good show because they left it alone. If they don't over Vince this thing, they'll still be fine because they have a lot of talent. 
I don't know what exactly they're going to do with Nikki Cross and Bailey and Alexa. Alexa's got a really bad sinus infection, which is why they did what they did on Monday, which made no sense. And then they had the deal on Tuesday. And so Nikki Cross is another idiot babyface on this show. And she's also somebody who it's hard to understand her during promos, so she gets mocked sometimes. And Bailey is still sort of a babyface and sort of not. Like, I don't know exactly what they're doing there at all. I'm glad Nikki Cross is doing something, but I don't get it. I They missed the boat with her not bringing her with sanity and not giving them a shot. Yep. I mean, Eric Young's just sitting around. He's just on the heap with everybody else. I mean, no, he just got it. The only thing I've seen of Eric Young in the past, it seems like, year was him being beaten up by Seth Rollins because he thought he was going to be the special guest referee. Oh, yeah. That's the only time that I remember seeing Eric Young on my television. I mean, what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. That, I mean, uh, how much does he weigh? Eric Young? Yeah. Can, he, can we get him on 205 Live? Can we do something with him? Because he's one of the most entertaining guys. Entertaining, he can be one cares. Of the most enter- yes, uh, guys on television. I don't, I don't get it. In good shape, veteran, can yes. work with just about anybody. I mean, he's not going to go out there and have like a six-star match. But he'll go out and have a three-star match with anybody. Yes. I mean, there's so many dudes that go in there and feel like if you feel like they're phoning it in at this point. It's like, why is Eric Young not in the ring? Why are guys like Eric Young not in the ring? Where on earth is Buddy Murphy? That's a, Buddy Kevin, Murphy should be the Intercontinental Champion right now. Kevin Owens asked that question on SmackDown. And Kevin Owens is right. That was the other thing about that was that felt very pipe bombish. As close as we've seen. Now, obviously, it was totally scripted and right. more, even more so than the CM Punk thing. But it still came across like a genuine... The Owens comparison that I saw from the start before they decided to do this, when I said they should do it, is Diamond Dallas Page in 97 when they thought he was going to join the NWO and he had the shirt and he tore it off and it was still a DDP shirt and then he went through the crowd and he became sort of the voice of the resistance for the people. Yeah. That's what Kevin Owens can be right now. That's a perfect example. That's, that is what Kevin Owens can be. He might not be able to be Stone Cold Steve Austin... In the same way. But he can definitely be Diamond Dallas Page in 97. Let me tell you who actually ended up being a huge part of WCW's resurgence for years. Diamond Dallas Page because of what he did in 1997. And Owens is better than DDP. Yeah. In just about every single way. That's right. When we come back, we'll talk about AEW. An interesting tweet that was sent by somebody a little while ago about the TNA model. I don't know exactly what the TNA model is. It's well, it's been many things over the years. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to narrow that down and we'll predict extreme rules coming back. Squared Circle Radio 1045 the zone. Self high five. Came up with that on the spur of the moment, folks. Why they pay me the big bucks. Should have came back with that. You should have. Or Nevada. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. David Reed, Jason Martin finishing up today. Brandon Hagney back next week. Ten matches tonight at Extreme Rules. That seems like a lot. Evolve went directly against AEW fight for the Fallen last night. And Paul Heyman showed up at the Evolve show. WWE pushed this more than they've ever pushed an NXT show in their lives because they were putting it directly against AEW. And there are some people that actually said that's not why they were doing it. (laughs) These people need to get a clue. Come back to earth here. Yes. I'm sure that Evolve show is pretty good. I didn't see it. 
and the fight for the fallen looked cool from the way that they they were in a weird they were outdoors or whatever in Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't know where that it looked. I mean, I thought it looked compelling the way that everything yeah. was set up there. I'm going to watch it at some point, but I have not had a chance to see it yet. I heard the librarians were on it again. At this point, I think they're trolling the audience intentionally. So what is the TNA model? That person that tweeted us and tweeted that they're excited about AEW, but they hope, okay, just hope AEW doesn't use the TNA model, though TNA had legit stars like AJ Styles and Austin Aries. I get the TNA model started off as a weekly pay-per-view. They're not doing that. Wednesday nights. It started off as also uh, in bringing in old guys who were sitting at home, probably still getting paid by WCW, who were not going to do anything for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what else has it been? Well, I mean, they built it on the X Division, I thought. I thought that what people tuned in it for was, was not own- Ken Shamrock and flip-flops, but it was AJ and it was... Those guys, Chris Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, CM Punk ran through there for a couple of weeks. AJ. It was stuff like that. I just, uh, to me, when I look back at, uh, I look back at. Then it was Monty Brown. TNA, and then and then Dixie Carter bought yeah. it. And then I just, it's meant so many things over the years. I think he's talking about not bringing in old talent or talent that was a star somewhere else. I mean, Hogan's not going to be in AEW. No, he's not. He I, might be on SmackDown. I think I think AEW has their path set before them, and I don't think that it mirrors or parallels TNA in any way whatsoever. When I look back at TNA, I think about the beginnings at the fairgrounds and mm-hmm. the model that they were trying to do with the weekly pay-per-view. But the biggest moment in the history of TNA to me was when they announced that Kurt Angle was going to be a part of TNA. It wasn't me being on the third pay-per-view? No, it was not you holding back Hermie Sadler, being a part of the pit crew there. It's disappointing. It was, uh, I mean, that was the biggest pop that I may have heard in in TNA history. No doubt. Is when Kurt Angle popped up on that screen when everyone thought it was going to be Goldberg. Uh, I don't think AEW is going down the TNA road whatsoever. I think they have their own path set before them. And the thing about it is, I was mocking this pay-per-view tonight. They're calling it Extreme Rules when there's nothing extreme about it. Well, thank a- goodness. AEW has already been more extreme. Too extreme. In their pay-per-views than this will be. I mean, it's a really good point. It's a tag match. It's like, a last man standing. That's an extreme match. There's two singles really matches, extreme? a triple threat, single. Yeah, I mean, last man standing, you can do anything. But bleed. I don't <laughs> Well, I mean, you can get electrocuted, have a ruptured spleen, and then show back up on TV two weeks later. Yeah. You can do that. It's a match I don't care about either. This is also a pay-per-view that could probably go away. Yeah, well, see, that's the other thing about Monday Night's show. So Lashley and Strowman are having this last man standing match tonight. Rey Mysterio has been hurt. He made his comeback on Monday night. Comes out, cuts a promo, talks for about 30 seconds, gets interrupted. It's Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley just squashes him and kills him, pins him, and then kills him after the fact. It's like, do you know how much money Rey Mysterio is making on that contract? A lot. It ain't cheap. Nope. Also, Also we like Rey Mysterio. Also not on the pay-per-view tonight. Yeah. And by we, I mean everybody. We enjoy seeing Rey Mysterio. Why would you do that to him? Like, I get it. You want Lashley to kill somebody. That's fine. Did it need to be Rey Mysterio? 
Apparently, in someone's mind backstage, it had to be. Right, and we know who that someone had to have been. So there's 10 matches tonight. The Revival versus the Usos in a tag match. That's probably on the pre-show, unfortunately. Probably going to be one of the best matches of It'll the night. It'll be good. Um, I don't know who wins it. I guess the Usos could get them back. Yeah. The Revival need them. The Usos don't in terms of being relevant. So I would keep them where they are. Strowman and Lashley in a last man standing match. I simply don't care. But Braun should probably win it unless they're. I don't see what you're doing with Lashley. Of course, I don't know what you're doing with Strowman either. I don't either, but I rem- I I remain a fan of Braun Strowman just because I still know what I think. I think they can still. It can be a reclamation project. It's sad that it has to be. They had it. Right. They had it. And they couldn't pull the trigger on it for whatever reason. But he Lashley can't win this thing. I, Bobby Lashley bores me to tears. Yep. And this is also one of those things where I don't think it highlights the best of Braun Strowman. I don't think he needs to be in there with another big guy just running into each other. No, it's not like the match is going to be good. No, it's not. Ricochet and AJ. Ricochet's a champion. U.S. title. I don't like the idea of him losing that back already. Mm. This one seems right for a no finish. This one seems like a beatdown. This seems like a match that's just barn burner. Here comes Anderson and Gallows. Okay with that too. I'm fine with it too because I think they'll have a I think they'll have a SummerSlam match. I think it'll be great. I'm all right with no finishes that advance a story. Yes. To get us to somewhere else. Alistair Black and Cesaro, I think Black will hit the black mass and pin Cesaro. Yeah. Daniel Bryan and Rowan champs versus the New Day versus Heavy Machinery. I mean, Daniel Bryan and Rowan are good with those titles, but I would consider striking while you have a shot with Heavy Machinery to do something. I was going to say the same exact thing. New Day do not need the titles. No, but they have never needed them. But but Bryan and Rowan have been not really good years. with him. I don't know what those guys look like without the titles. We only saw it for a short period of time, but I I would seriously consider putting them on heavy machinery, and if not for, I mean, forty eight hours, but putting it on them and seeing what the reaction is. Yeah, I I, I, I agree mean, with the, you. The the crowd was over when when Otis pinned uh when yeah. Otis pinned uh, Xavier Woods on mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Also, Xavier Woods gorilla pressing Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he's a strong guy. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, he's he's come a long way as Austin Creed. Drew Gulak and Tony Nese will be good. They had a really nice triple threat on a pre-show in the last last pay-per-view with Akira Tozawa. That was a great match. Yeah. This will be good. It'll it's, probably not matter. It probably won't be over with the crowd. Nope. It'll be good. Gulak's the champ. I don't know. They can flip-flop it. It's not going to matter. If they want to put it back on Nice, they can. I would say just leave that one where it is. Handicap match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey against Alexa and Nikki Cross. I still would love to see Nikki be some evil mastermind behind this whole thing, have played them all for fools, and just kill them both. Yeah, but then again. It won't happen. You mentioned earlier her, her... Promo skills. Yeah. yeah I, you can't put a title on someone like that. I would love to see 
I would love to see this go the route of the where where Bailey's getting beat down to the point where people are yelling for Sasha, Sasha, and then like you said earlier, have Sasha show up and challenge Becky. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want. Even if she comes out and helps Bailey, I'd like to see her come out the end of the show and lay Becky out or try to lay Becky out. Kofi and Joe, I don't think they're going to take the title off of Kofi. No, I don't think they should. I'd be okay if they did just because it's Joe. That match ought to be really good. Undertaker and Roman versus Shane and Drew. I mean, Roman is really just kind of flailing. Yep. But I can't imagine the Undertaker and Roman Reigns are going to lose. No. he. I mean, Roman is being spread very thin. There is a lot of Roman Reigns going on on television again. But on Tuesday night, that crowd was as hot for him as they've been in a long time. Yeah. I think you need to do something to keep that rolling tonight. And I guess that would be a win with, with the pairing with the Undertaker. I don't think it can be a loss if the Undertaker's showing up. And that's a no-holds-barred tag match, so that's extreme rules. And then Seth and Becky versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. They just need to get through it. Yes, just don't make this thing last 30 minutes. They need to get through it, and then they need to move on. Lacey yes. needs to go off TV for a while and get better. She needs to be working house show matches off camera or go to NXT where she should still be because she's got a shot, but she's not ready yet. And they're killing her off. They're Dana Brooking her right now, as a matter of fact. You don't want to get Dana Brooked. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I think she she has as much potential as any new female we've seen in a long time, but she has to get she has to have more work. She with, needs more seasoning. Yeah, with all the competition that's happening right now. WWE needs this week of TV. Extreme Rules can be a throwaway show. That's fine. Starting tomorrow on TV, they better start firing hard because if SummerSlam is cold and you go into the fall against football, you're in real trouble. We will tell you about it next week here on Square Circle Radio.